World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. 8.15. You say, what? Yeah, 8.15. That's when I went to bed last night. 8.15. I was up about four the night before. I said, oh, look, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm uh, I apologize. Some of you haven't helped yet, helped as much as one or two. Those of you out there trying to lose weight, I'm going to try to get back on cleanse our temple. Uh, I'm still doing. I'm still pounding hard, doing good, and I just had a lot lot going on. I I want to I want to open up with this this morning. Uh, bear with me for a second. Pull up old Toby Keith. Toby uh, Toby went to meet his maker yesterday, and uh, I'm going to kick off with this. Here's why I want to kick off with this. <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm 71, I think, 71. And you know the real tendency for most of us, most of most of you guys in here, are there's some young folks. Clay's a young boy. How old are you, Clay? 52. Clay's young boy at 52. Wow. Most of us are older folks, all right. Most of us are. And there's a real tendency, at least till I. Like last night, my grandbabies were all here. There's a real tendency to throw your hands up, say, ah, who cares? Who cares? And then you watch them run around and say, oh, my goodness, Lord. And I don't know about you. I uh, I fight that old man. I, I fight that old man. Let somebody else do it. I ain't got time for that. I want to put my feet up and relax. Uh, don't let the old man in. And Toby passed away last night, 62 years old. And just let that sink down in, into you. How many of us, how many of us will be here next year at this time? How many of us won't? And when you stand before your maker, are you gonna say, Dad gone, I wish I had more spare time? Dog gone, I wish I could have spent more time on the internet. Dog gone. Wish I could eat more food. Somehow I don't think so. Somehow I don't think so. Don't let the old man in. Go ahead and play that. Don't let the old man in. I want to live with some more. Can't leave it up to him He's knocking on my door And I knew all of my life That someday it would end Get up and go outside I let the old man in Yeah, many moons I have lived My body's weathered and warm Just ask yourself how old would you be If you didn't know the day you were born Try to love on your wife And stay close to your friends Toast each sun down with wine. Don't let that old man Don't in. Don't let the old man in. Yeah, many moons 
Take that off of Toby Toby Keith. I'm not honoring Toby Keith. I don't know what kind of guy he was. Randy said, Randy put in the chat Toby Keith and he was born on the same day. Both of them in Oklahoma. Well, Randy, looks like the mantle's been passed to you, my friend. Hey, listen, Sunday night, Super Bowl, 815. I want to do a prayer. Uh, I'm, I'm going to show you some stuff here today, folks. We are so inundated. Oh, my goodness. Evil is so everywhere we look. We're so programmed that we don't even understand that we are, what's going on. We know that the scriptures tell us we're supposed to, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We see the church still doesn't need, we don't even get that. We don't get it. We don't understand that what's going on in America is, is not in America, but in the world is dominion. Domin- hey, that'd be a good word, Spencer. Pull that up there real quick. Dominion. Dominion. Then a battle, dominion is the sovereign or supreme authority, the power of governing and controlling, the power to direct, control, use, and dispose of at pleasure, right of possession, territory under a government, a region, a country, predominance, an order of angels. It says whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, Christ is above all those, above all those, dominion. The battle really, the spiritual battle, I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you this. The spiritual battle really isn't over little old you. I mean, it it is, but it really isn't. It really isn't. It's over who's going to be king. Who's going to be king? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Who's going to be king? Is Jesus king of kings or is Satan still trying to wrestle his throne away from him? Well, the Bible tells us that as as we get near the end of things, it's going to get worse and worse. Because why? Because Satan knows his time's short. He knows he can't win. He knows he can't win. He's not even trying to win anymore. Lies, deception, and fear. Oh, my. Lies, deception, and fear. We look across the society. I'm going to show you some stuff today. Just bear with me, if you will. And understand that if the Lord can get you, Betty, if he can get you, he stops. I'm sorry, if the devil can get you, he stops what the Lord wants to do through you. And so every one of you out there, if you have a personal relationship with Christ, he is doing everything he can to empower you to advance his kingdom. It's not about you. You move the kingdom forward. Will you advance his kingdom? You're a worker bee. You're a soldier. You're you're a soldier in this army of God who's fighting for dominion over the whole world. Now, Christ Christ is king. He's already won, but it's playing out in front of us right now. And everywhere you look, I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl here a little bit because we're going to pray at 8.15. I'll begin. Super Bowl starts at 7.30, I believe. Halftime's about 8.15. We're going to gather about 8.15 on Sunday. We're going to pray against the wicked, wicked Super Bowl. Say, what are you talking about? Okay, hang on, hang on. Taylor Swift. Boy, have they been pushing Taylor Swift. Now, can somebody explain to me why? Why would they be pushing Taylor Swift? I I guess she's a pretty good singer. She's going to to be uh, 40 years old here pretty soon, I think. I don't know how old Taylor Swift is. I think she's pretty close to 40. No husband, no family, no children. Just like, uh, dare I say it? Am I allowed to say it? Huh? That poor old Ann Coulter. Oh, bitter Ann Coulter. Remember her? Don't you Fox News? 
40 some years old. How old? Taylor's only 34. Okay. And Cole was over 40. No, no husband, no children, nothing, nothing. Why all of a sudden has Taylor Swift sprung on the boy? She's everywhere in the NFL. Why? Well, I get it. Tyler calls her boyfriend, right? I get it. Come on. Come on. Everywhere she goes, there she is. Well, can I show you why? Can I show you why, friends? Oh, yeah. You don't have to believe it. You don't want to. Hey, Spencer, pull it up. It says, uh, what's it say? It says Taylor. Did I send that to you? Folks, there's Taylor Swift. There's Taylor Swift. Take, just take a look at that. Look at that. You guys know the one eye thing, right? You guys, you guys get the one eye thing. You get it. Rumor is she's going to have uh, an appearance at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And see, we don't understand the spiritual influence of this stuff that that we are all impacted through the eye gate, through the ear gate, through what we feel and hear and think. And we don't understand the influence. They're going to do a ritual at halftime again. They're going to do another usher. Usher. (laughs) Now, stop a minute. Ask yourself this. With all going on in America, if you were going to put somebody up there that would represent America, the American whatever, who would it be? Would it be Usher? Usher? Who's Usher? I don't know. But he's important enough that they're going to do it. And then how about this one? Pull up uh, blood sacrifice ritual at the Grammys. Just the other night, friends. Just the other night. Go down at the bottom. This is about two minutes. I don't. I never heard of this girl. 20-year-old singer, Gen Z. Huh? She's, she does a, she does a, go back up there, buddy. Right at the top. The other night, she does a blood ritual performance at the Grammys. 20 years old. Beautiful voice. Hey, ask yourself this. Did this young lady make it on the Grammys just because she has a beautiful voice? Is that how you make it up in, in the, is that how you climb the ladder and, in Hollywood now, just have a beautiful voice. Two minutes and 20 seconds. I don't even know what she's singing, but I want you to watch at the end of it. She begins smearing blood all over her. Folks, this is mainstream media piping into your home. Go ahead. How do you lie without flinching? We don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want that crap. At the end of it, she's got blood. She's got blood all over her face. This was a demonic ritual at the Grammys, designed on purpose at the Grammys. Gloom. And we wonder. You know, you talk about spirits. That's spirit. What spirit are you? Of what spirit are you? Bible asks. What spirit? What's the spirit over America today? You think there's not a spirit of death over America today? A spirit of uh, uh, oh yeah, death. Yeah, what do you, you you do understand? Don't you that transgenderism is death? Don't you? You you do understand that, right? A transgender will never ever reproduce. They worship death. They worship death. So we're going to come against this at halftime. I guess that's what I was going to tell you all. We're going to come against this at halftime of the Super Bowl. We're just going to pray against it. And I want to talk about some more spiritual stuff with you as we as we go on here. Bear with me a second. Get my mind right. This stuff is so deep and so dark. We know so little about it. Why would why Taylor Swift? Why ta- she every time she shows up at the football game, they're putting pictures of her everywhere. Every, Going to sneak her into the halftime show, right? It's everywhere we look. Everywhere we look. Let me. I got something I want to pull up here. Hang on. Hang on. I'll I'll get to that in a second. I'm checking my stuff here. I'm talking to you today, okay? Talking to you. Uh, I can't do that. I'm going to shut up a minute because I feel Lorraine wants to get in here. Go ahead, Lorraine. Yeah, and the name of the stadium is called the Death Star. The Death Star. Yeah, so, you know, and this thing with Taylor Swift and and, uh, Travis Kelsey, what they tried to, and this this is their catch, right, is that, 
football was so decimated during COVID because of that whole debacle about taking the the, the wrong knee and um, losing all the families and everything. So what do you do? You bring in the two Kelsey brothers and their and their mom and pops, and you try to make her them look Travis and and uh, Taylor look like you know the boy next Perfect. door yeah, and all American in yep. football. Yeah, and let's like go back to loving football again and um the families and you know you know tailgating and all those things and then meanwhile with Usher you know and Usher is married to um that model oh, I can't remember her name um and she's talked about baby sacrificing on her on her channel and it's just on her platform and um. It's, and I'm thankful that we're going to be able to pray into the Super Bowl of Heaven on Sunday. Amen. Amen. We're we're going to pray against it. Uh, Judah, are you with us today? Judd Ayers, are you with us in here? Judd's in here most mornings. I probably caught him a morning when he wasn't in here. I don't see him. Spencer, or uh, hey, Brett, call Judd. Time to tune in real quick. You got it. What's that? You got it. Time to tune in. Uh, I want because look, uh, pull up for me if you can. I'm, look, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to open your eyes. Okay, but the spiritual war around us is so real. It's so real. We have to remember this: that Satan comes as an angel of light. Right? He never comes as Satan. He always shows up dressed like something attractive. He, by the way, what was his role? What was what was Satan's role? Why he was the music director, wasn't he? <clears throat> he was the choir boy in heaven. Satan, the choir boy. Do we have any idea how much he is using the entertainment industry? Understand that he owns it and how many people it impacts. You think about the whole idea of rap music. I don't is it is rap music still out there? I mean, I don't know if it's still out there or not. 20 years ago, rap music was the whole rage, right? And uh, talking derogatorily about women called niggas and on and on and on and on. That's kind of faded away, hasn't it? But it destroyed about 10 years of young people. It destroyed them, right? Destroyed them. And we're sitting around, we don't understand what's going on around us and understand that the musician is at work. And we'll show you something else. It's, uh, so I'm going to talk about some spiritual programming here today. If you didn't get a chance, uh, I was kind of waiting for Judah to come in. Pull up number one. Uh, it is not, they're not in order, as you can tell. Pull up number one. Uh, Judah, Judd Ayers did an unbelievable expose yesterday. That's not it. It's number one. No, no, wait a minute. Where am I, Judah? There it is. There it is. Judd Ayers yesterday was on with uh, David Stacy. what they called David Whited, the flyover, whatever they're called. And Judd did the most unbelievable expose of Amway. And it's worth the hour and 35 minutes, I think it is. It's unbelievable. There's our buddy Judd. Now he got on with Dave, Dave and Stacy. I don't know, but it was powerful. As Judd shows the exact same thing, the programming going on through Amway, with Amway, with uh, Mike Pence. By the way, do you know who became Secretary of, Educa- Secretary of Education? Anybody know who became Secretary of Education? Betty. DeVos. Betty, Betty DeVos. Betty DeVos. Well, who was she? Why, she was Amway. Amway. Who got Betty Betsy DeVos to be Secretary of Education? Mike Pence. Huh. Huh. So anyway, Judd does this. Un, uh, I should have given him more of a notice this morning. <laughs> but I, I just I watched this thing yesterday and I thought two things when I watched it. This guy has got some stones. <laughs> I'm telling you. But the evidence that he laid out there, just play, just play a couple minutes of Judd here real quickly, if you would was they they it's interesting 
how many people out there know this much about Amway, but kind of have this big of an opinion. It's an interesting thing from that standpoint. And uh, I just want to make it clear again, everything we talk about today is not geared towards the individuals that uh, started an independent business in order to create a secondary income. I could not be more in favor of that. I had our kids starting their own small businesses and junior i mean i grade school our son was was selling some things door to door to make profits to buy a playstation in grade school because he's like i want a playstation i'm like well then earn all some right, money and get it for you. I'm not, here, we have all these things and i condone that awesome there's lots of businesses out there however but what we are going to touch on today is 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 a pivot is a change is private corporate partnerships um have basically driven into some of these businesses and basically hijacked them they're they're a they're businesses that no longer represent uh, some of the things that they said they were founded for. And yeah. so um, this is an opportunity, actually, I think, is, is we the people uh, across this great country are waking up. It's a time for leadership and for people to stand and say, you know what, there's new ideas. There's new things that can be done that can stand on principles and values. And so, you know what, as we start this, uh, Luke 12, 12 says, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks through you. Um, maybe people can listen and I think it's a rally point, but right, this is not a, a, a. I put it. In, I put it in the chat. We will stand info is uh, that is uh, Judd's website, but also up above it, the producer put in there uh, the this whole thing, uh, folks. It's uh, <laughs> he's he's really getting to the nitty gritty of what's going on. Big business, Amway, uh, China, all, all of it, all of it connected. Why? Because what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. It's everywhere we look. I'm going to get into some of it here in a second real quickly. Go ahead, Myra, quickly. Coach, thank you. Concerning God working through us, Jeremiah 31, 32 through 33, it is written, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward part and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. Amen. So so pull up for me, Spencer, another little tidbit for those of you some mowing your grass and need something to do. Go to number eight. Ivan Rickland yesterday, two days ago, was on with Alex Jones. This was this one was another <laughs> you got we know Ivan, right? Ivan spoke at our event down in Cincinnati. I'm I'm telling you folks. What he told about what's going on behind the scenes, I don't have time to put it on. I invited Ivan to come on the show. He will, uh, but uh, uh, just not just not yet. A lot going on. Put that in the chat. This is unbelievable. He'll show you exactly what's going on there. Okay, so coach, what are you, what are you doing? I'm talking spiritual warfare this morning. Okay, but this battle we're facing is more than just an individual war between you and the devil. It's about conquering the world who's going to be in charge of the world and unfortunately if they can make christian america fall my 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 that's why the assault is so strong again we, we talk about this a lot the j6ers look at look at the lies deception and fear that took place with the with the j6ers and look at uh man what what's going on with the abortion and locking all those guys up and so I want to talk to you today about uh, uh, signs of spiritual attack, spiritual warfare programming. Now, pull that out there, Spencer. It's number two. I don't know who this. I don't know who this uh, lady is who wrote this, but this was really to me. What is spiritual warfare? What is it? Because look, hang on a minute. What? Let me back up a second. Spencer, go to number three. What are familiar spirits? Do you guys have any idea what familiar spirits are? A familiar spirit is a spirit that you're comfortable with. 
one that just kind of creeps up in on you. Like I can, <laughs> gotta be careful what I say here. Yeah, be care- Lord, be careful here what I say. <clears throat> we have to war, look, but Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he, so is he. It talks about what comes out of a man's heart. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth, uh, forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, the heart is a place of intimacy where the Bible says our thoughts flow from. When the blood leaves the heart, the first place it goes is to the brain. You following us, friends? So the heart conditions your brain how to think. Your heart carries fully oxygenated blood to your brain. Your thoughts begin in your heart, right? How often do we use that phrase? Well, in my heart, I know. In my heart, I know, right? Well, bless your heart. Your heart carries fully oxygenated blood. You think you think the way your heart is. What you are listening to from your heart are things that command your attention. It says in Jeremiah, for I have heard many whisperings and defaming. There is terror on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. Say all my familiars, they who watch for my fall, perhaps he were persuaded and deceived. Familiar spirits, folks, position themselves in your heart and thoughts in order to alter your thinking process. The word familiar means well-known. From, uh, from long or close association, intimate or informal. Familiar spirits sneak into a person's mind and produce whispering conversations that become a part of the person, that many people believe it is their own thinking. But many people are also deceived or, stup- or stupid conversations going inside their brain all the time. Research in spiritual warfare and deliverance sessions have sl- shown that most of us will have at least a half dozen familiar spirits who speak to us regularly unless we have dealt with them. Now, hang on a minute. This is the difference between spiritual oppression and spiritual possession. They are not the same thing. And I think if we take a good look at ourselves, what is here's how you can tell what kind of familiar spirits you're dealing with. When somebody says something to you, What's your initial reaction? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it resentment? Is it protection? What is it? Because that spirit is not possessing you. It's influencing you. Most of us, remember this, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? Stay with me here a second. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. People, hey, anybody ever tell you, stop pushing my hot buttons? What does that mean? Stop pushing my hot button. Meaning stop poking that because that's an area where I'm really, really sensitive. And is your hot button really nothing more than a familiar spirit that doesn't possess, it doesn't possess you, but it impacts you. It's like pushing a button. Somebody says something to you, and whack, 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 something starts squeaking at you, right? And how many times do you just tell others, well, that's just the way I am? Is it really? Is that really just the way you are? This last sentence shocks every person who reads it. Christians never believe that they are afflicted with evil spirits until they agree to a deliverance session. Then they're revealed and cast out. It especially includes those trapped in false religion, yada, yada, yada. So, so listen, we, all have, we have all been wounded in our past, wounded. And sometimes an, uh, something comes into our life that reminds us of that wounding and causes us to react a different way. So what are they trying to program us with? What is it? They're trying to, what's the hot button they're trying to hit on you? Scroll on down a little bit more, Spencer, and we'll open it up here real quickly. Scroll down. So it says, let's expose some of these. Here are some of the familiar spirits that we all are dealing with. You don't have to say amen. Fear. Wow. How about number two? Rejection. 
pride, low self-esteem, value, worth. It's a spirit that comes upon you. You don't even know, but it's familiar with it. And it knows how to hit your hot button. Oh, there you go. See, you're not good enough. You don't stack up, right? Insecurity. Doubt. Unbelief. Yeah, Janine, remember when they told you sticks and stones? Well, uh, sticks and stones won't break your bones, but words can never harm you. What a lie that was. What a lie that was. You remind me of my father. You remind me of my husband. You remind me of my fifth grade teacher. You remind me of my coach. These are spirits, folks. Anxiety. Worry. Strongholds. Mindsets. Belief systems. And here's what I'm trying to tie all this together. Don't you understand that the media is trying to program these into each one of us every day? Every day. I said something. I, I don't want to tell. I, I don't want to tell a story of my wife, but I'm going to tell a story on my wife because I love her. She said she didn't. She said she never worried about the FBI coming to our house till I mentioned it. And now sometimes she thinks about that, right? So the ability to plant thoughts or fears in your mind. Okay, so how do we get rid of them? How do we get rid of them? Recognize them. Recognize that spirit, that one that you've been petting, saying, well, that's just the way I am, just the way, or it don't, don't have to be. That's not the way God made you, right? Recognize it. Speak against it. Rebuke it. Stand up. Say, nope, go. Be gone. Be gone. Don't react the way that you normally would react. This is deep stuff, friends. But I think this is really where a lot of us are. And a lot of the discussions and arguments that we're having are based on these familiar spirits that we don't understand are nothing more than than button pushes. You understand what I'm telling you? You are not possessed. You're oppressed. They push your buttons. Boom, and this reaction comes. You're immediately offended. You're immediately afraid. You're immediately angry. You're immediately sad. These are these familiar spirits. In other words, things that have happened to you in the past that have now given an entryway for the devil just to peck at you. Pastor Tom, come on in. Good morning, everybody. Um I gave you that. I I woke up this morning just with this very thing, and uh, I read through Second Corinthians chapter four, which is a great one. And uh, I didn't recognize. And like what you're saying, a familiar spirit is that thing not only that you come accustomed with, but it's almost. Um, I kind of got this way. The Lord spoke to me one time. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Amen. And just because you think something doesn't mean it's from you. Because where are we to take the where are we to take the thought? It tells us to take captive every thought, right, Tom? So it's not captive. So what thoughts? Something hit my mind one time. I was going through a really rough time, and a crazy thought hit me, and I didn't want it. And um, I so it kind of scared me because it was a suicidal thought. I've never had that, and I was so I was going through a big battle, and I never had ever even thought I would have something like that. And it hit me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want that. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, did I give you that thought? And I said, no. He said, do you want it? And I said, no. And he said, well, who did? Mm. And that's when it clicked, and I started taking that thought captive because that's where the battle. Um, a friend of mine once said, the battle is in the mind, the prize is the heart. Amen. And so we got to watch because it when people say, like you had said, about the heart, to see the heart, here's the kicker, everybody. When people say, well, God knows my heart, I look at people and say, yeah, the Bible says it's desperately wicked. Who knows it? Amen. <laughs> to see it's really wicked above all things, right? Exactly. And Amen. that's where we've got to realize it's kind of that filter. and we got to keep the heart renew- as far as just before the Lord intimately open before him and agree with your adversary quickly. And where I come with it is, I mean, there's times, oh, man, I want to throat punch or I want to grab that person or I want to do this or, man, why is this going on? I feel anger or whatever it may be. I agree with the adversary is, you know, without Jesus, I'm capable of that. 
Amen. Amen. Jesus, I'm capable of whatever. I'm agreeing with that. But you know what? I'm, I'm not with that. I'm with Jesus, and I can do all things. And I can overcome this. I've overcome this because he's overcome that. And that makes me press into Christ and drives Amen. me near. So really, here's the kicker. What the enemy meant for evil, God's meant he's changed. That attack that's hit me this morning, that attack that may have hit you, the devil wanted to take you out, take me out, get us upset, get us angry, whatever. We need to all of a sudden allow Christ, when we turn to Christ, the giver of life, he renews our minds. He changes the direction. Instead of reacting out of the flesh, mm -hmm. the carnal or an oppression, we press into him and we walk as overcomers. So we ask ourselves this. You simply ask your thanks, Tom. You ask yourself this. Why does that make me angry? Yeah. Why does that make me anxious? Why does that make me afraid? I say that to Michelle every, every once in a while. Honey, what, what, what are you worried about? And sometimes she doesn't. I love my wife. I'm not talking about my wife. And sometimes she'll say, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's this familiar thing. <laughs> it's this familiar thought that started in her heart and went to her head. You say, well, what do you do about it? You do self-deliverance. You cast it before the Lord. Lord, this spirit of fear, take this spirit of fear off of me. Be gone in Jesus' name. And identify and recognize what it is and stand up against it and stop doing it. Don't let that, don't let the old man in. Don't let that evil thought in. And so many of us are imprisoned to our own thoughts that most times aren't even true. John Loveland, come on in. Hey, thanks. Hey, Tom. Uh, so if you think about uh, Proverbs 4, I think it's 23. It says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Um, so, Coach, it's always a war. It's always a war over truth. It's it, it, When it comes, if you just take the, if you look at it, 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 it simplistically, many times we have to do right what it says in Romans chapter 12, right? Be not conformed to this world, but but renew your mind right, with the truth is uh i used to battle fear deeply so sometimes it's not just the the wiles of the devil it's renewing your mind with the That's truth right. because truth right sets you free so I, I battle fear uh at i remember I, I i would go in my room i'd pray i'd feel fear just enter the room and uh so what i did is i, I just took uh Probably about 30 scriptures I found on fear, and I wrote them down, and I just started meditating on them to renew my mind. And I finally got to the place, uh, and it was it was one day, I think I told you this story, but one day I was, I was taking the garbage out, and uh, it was dusk, and uh, a raccoon jumped up out of the bush and went right past the garbage can I was setting down, and, and I didn't even get startled. Uh, I don't even remember where the verse is, but it says, I think it's in Proverbs. It says that I'm not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the dissolution of the wicked when it comes. And that was the word that rose up within me when that raccoon jumped up out of that bush. I wasn't even startled. And I wasn't afraid of that sudden fear. So many times we've got to renew our minds with the truth of the word because it's always a battle for truth. Amen. Folks, you got to realize that the battle is between valid fear and the spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's some things you should be fearful about, right? But just, you shouldn't concentrate on them. They shouldn't get it deep into your heart where they control all of your emotions and your whole day. God's not given you that spirit of fear, right? And so we have to understand that, recognize what it is, and ask ourselves again, why am I feeling that way? When Randy said that to me, why did I feel that way? Why did it hit me in the heart when he said that? No offense, Randy. Huh? When Chad said that, why did that make me mad? Because I think when you come to that realization that there's something almost supernatural that's impacting you, then we'll be able to get some control over it. Craig, go ahead. Maybe we can pull up First uh, Chronicles chapter 21, ESV, and read the first five verses, Coach, because this is exactly what you're talking about. This is exactly the story to share this with a brother or sister. 
because the thought that came to David's mind was not of his own, but of Satan's. So read the first five, uh, five chapters. I mean, first five, <laughs> five verses. First Chronicles what, Craig? 21 in the ESV version, okay? Because it okay. uses the word incite. Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, go, number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring me a report that I may know their number. But Joab said, may the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are. Are they not, my Lord, the king of all them, my Lord's servants? Why then should my Lord require this? Why should it be a great cause of guilt for Israel? In other words, why do you have to go count? Doesn't matter how many there are. Why do you have to go count how many there are? But the king's word prevailed against Joab. So Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came back to Jerusalem. And Joab gave the sum of the numbering of the people to David. And all of Israel, there were 1,100,000 men who drew their sword. And in Judah, 40, uh, 470,000 who drew the sword. But he did not include Levi and Benjamin and the numbering for the king's command. Yada yada yada. So so here's the backstory of that coach. Only God could call for a census of the people. That's a Levitical law because the people are gods. Satan incited that thought into David because he thought it was his army. Yeah, gotcha. And this is how and this is how the Lord works. If you're a child of God, he puts someone in your path, just like you were talking about Randy or whatever. He puts someone in your path and says, um, no, that's not right. That's what Joab was doing. He was saying, you're not supposed to do this. This is not a call to the Lord. But the king prevailed. And it it cost 70,000 lives, coach. 70,000 men died. I've said this a number of times as a football coach. uh, My mentality was always, we're going to win. I don't care what score it was. And we would get into a situation where the other team was driving the ball, and I'd run up, walk up and down the sideline and say, pray for a fumble, pray for a fumble, pray for a turnover. Because it doesn't matter how many they have if the Lord is on your side. And so what you have to begin to do, you have to begin to repeat what the Lord says about the situation, not about what you think about the situation. Because I can promise you, those are not the same. They're not the same. Not the same. And for the most part, we have to be very careful because your thoughts will break into words at any moment, right? Take captive every thought. Mary Beth. Then Randy. I was just going to say that. Now I can't hear you. Just come back to her. Come on, Randy. Go ahead, Randy. We'll come back. Coach, I wrote, I put this, put this in the chat. I think this is a really good point we need to understand. And that when we, and it's what you're saying here, dealing with these familiar spirits. When we say to them, when we pray, when we declare, when we talk speak the word of God, we need to do the model of Romans 4.17, which is what faith is. Okay, coach, faith says it calls things that are not as though they are. That's right. Okay, now now this is we got to get this, Coach, because a lot of us don't know the difference. I did not used to understand this, but the psychic realm, the witches, the everybody that's in the soul realm and the psychic, that they call things that are as though they're not. Mm. So they're they're total opposites. Oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. So, Coach, they, when, they, we, when you're healthy, they say you're sick. They say you're sick, right? We're not into Christian science, Coach. That that's 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 witchcraft. That's what that's what Tom Brady's wife, the witch, does. She right. speaks something that says, "Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't see that. I'm, I see what I want to see." No, that's not faith. They're opposite. God says, "This is what I want you to be. This is what I want you to see. I want you to speak my word." It's not there to the natural light. It's unseen, but but it's what God is wanting to do. It's what is coming if we will believe Him, and then we're speaking things which are not as though they are. See, it, th- there's a little play here on words, but it's very yeah, important. It's important. To know the difference. 
life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Life and death. And again, folks, how many times, think about this now, how many times with your tongue do you preach damnation? Hmm? Oh, I know when I get home, my husband's going to be on. Oh, I I just know. I just know that Susie, if she keeps driving like that, I just know she's going to have an accident. How how many times? Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the question we have to ask ourselves is what's getting in our heart? What is getting in our heart that would make us say that? Because the Bible says that life and death, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Where does that power come from? Is some of this familiar spirits, meaning spirits that are that that we picked up from past experiences, grief, fear, worry, whatever it might be. And do we have to continue to walk in those or do we have victory over them? Rochelle, then Neil. Thanks, coach. Uh good morning, team. Um this is this is a little weird to talk about, but it, it definitely I feel like this ties in. Um I was diagnosed uh with premenstrual dysphoric disorder and what it, it's like PMS times a thousand. Okay. Great. So it's really bad. It's really bad. And you know, there's this thing with women and childbirth and there's this thing where in the old Testament, you couldn't be around a woman um, when she was on her period or right. after she had given birth and all of these things. And I, I wonder if it makes women, the reason I'm, questioning this. I think it was Pastor Payne brought up that he had thought con- contemplated suicide and said he had never had those thoughts. Well, I tell you what, that um, PMDD for two weeks, all I thought about was different ways to kill myself. I mean, it was, it was awful. And um, I went through menopause really, really early, which thank you, Lord. I mean, in my thirties. Um, Anyway, these idols that we have, these women, especially the women, I wonder if it's because they are more open. There's got to be something. You know, we're more open. And remember when Rachel was running uh, with Laban from her father Laban and she was hiding the idols? So they must have believed that these idols did something, um, even if they weren't going to worship them. I remember reading that that idol could possibly tell her father where she was and where she was going. So maybe she was just taking and hiding them so her dad wouldn't have them and had access to them. I mean, she was hiding them under her skirt, so she wasn't honoring them in any way. You wouldn't do that to an idol that you honored. I wonder if there's more story, uh, more to that story. Mm. All I'm saying is that this witch thing, this wicked thing, maybe there's something to it because we are able to bear children. Amen. And there's a connection in the oh, Bible uh, that shows that. Oh, there's something to it for sure. Uh, hey, Spencer, just uh, pull up uh, number two and scroll down until it says signs of spiritual attacks while, while I'm speaking to Neil. Go ahead, Neil. One of the most effective uh, negative spirits is discouragement. Uh, yes, we psych ourselves up. We, we, we get all ready. We go do it, and it, we fall flat on our face. And what do we do? We crawl back into our little hole, and we sit there, and, and yep. we sulk, and we cry, and but a wise man once said to me, which really has me moving forward with my faith many years ago, he goes, better a man try and fail than fail to try. Mm-hmm. So that's why if, if we see someone uh, putting forth the effort, we need to encourage them. Like Chad mentioned in his pre-show prayer, we need to be encouragers. I don't think we understand how yes, important sir. it is to encourage. We yeah. have to encourage every opportunity we have. Amen. Well said, Neil. Well said. Uh I don't know who probably Alexandra is, but I've seen some of her stuff. Sometimes I'm, you know, I get worried about new agey kind of stuff. When you start talking about spiritual warfare and all that, you get into new agey stuff. We have to be really, really careful with it, folks. But uh, signs of spiritual attacks. I was reading this this morning. I thought there's some good stuff here, right? Common signs of demonic oppression. Remember, oppression is not the same as possession. I can be in the pool swimming, or I can be out on the outside of it getting splashed. They're not the same thing, right? So, so common signs of demonic oppression can be categorized in three main areas, thoughts and emotions, actions and behaviors, and physical symptoms. When it is possible to attribute these symptoms to medical conditions, like, like Rochelle was talking about, or mental health issues, and then there's a strong identification indication from the Holy Spirit, there's a spiritual attack occurring. So here are some signs of spiritual attacks that maybe you would begin to recognize 
what's going on and understand that it's a spiritual attack and take authority of it. A loss of a desire to, uh, to talk to God or read scripture. Two, feel in confusion or fear about what you believe. Three, doubting your own abilities or worth. That's, that's a good one. Just think about that. Why do you not feel like you can do that? By the way, I'm the worst at it when it comes to fixing stuff. I'm constantly repeating, well, I can't fix anything. Well, no wonder I can't fix anything, right? Doubting God's faithfulness and goodness. These are all spiritual attacks, all right? Feeling rejected, condemned, guilty, shameful, or unworthy. When you have a reaction like that, ask yourself, why? Why did that make me mad? Why did I feel condemned? When Coach said that thing about people who believe this way, why did that hit me so hard? A sudden desire to return to an old lifestyle, patterns, or behaviors. Screw it. I'm going to just go back and work for this guy. I ain't going to, I don't want to be manager anymore. A loss of inner peace. Increased susceptibility to temptations. And then signs of demonic (coughs) oppression in your thoughts and emotions. Persistent negative thoughts or feelings of despair, hopelessness, or worthlessness. Folks, these are spiritual assaults, not possessions. You're not possessed. You're oppressed. Intrusive thoughts that are contrary to one's beliefs or values. Experiencing intense fear, anxiety, or panic attacks. Sudden mood swings or unexplained emotional outbursts. Woo, boy, I could write a book. Signs of demonic oppression in actions and behaviors. Remember, again, ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why did that make me so mad? Compulsive or addictive behaviors that are harmful or destructive. Uncontrolled anger or violent tendencies. Withdrawal from social activities, relationships, or activities that one usually enjoys. A sudden interest and preoccupation with the occult or other dark things. Physical symptoms associated with demonic oppression. Not possession, oppression, right? Somebody attacking you. Take captive every thought, everything. Well, I got a revelation. Starts in the heart. Blood flows to the brain. From the heart to the brain. Wow. Physical symptoms. Unexplained physical pain, inner agony, or discomfort. Some of you are sick because your mind is sick. Number two, sleep disturbances, such as vivid or frequent nightmares. And number three, sudden onset of illness or health issues without a clear medical cause. They used to call that what? Psychosomatic, right? Psychosomatic. It's important to note that these signs and symptoms can also be indicative of other issues, such as mental health disorders or medical conditions. Therefore, it's crucial to seek professional help and guidance when experiencing yada, 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 yada. Put this in the chat. Clay, come on in. Well, what you're just saying, Coach, uh, laziness, depression, low self-esteem, even stuff like alcoholism, cigarette addiction, porn addiction, all these types of things are things that are – you know, familiar spirits impacting people. And a lot of those things that you just mentioned, they go to the doctor or a psychiatrist or a psychiatrist to get treated for these things because they recognize they get medicated, right? That's right. They want a prescription to cure this, uh, this ailment when they don't recognize it as a, uh, a spiritual attack. And what they actually need to do is get in the word and talk to a man of God or a woman of God or a minister, you know, and, and uh, that's what they need instead of the prescription. So, fo- Amen. So, so folks, listen, oppression would be like temptation, temptation. That's oppression. It's a, it's a mental, spiritual temptation. Possession is act, ab, the spirit actually takes, takes you over, is in control of you. And I would say this. Many Christians are spiritually oppressed. I don't know if a spirit filled, I don't think a person filled with the Holy Spirit of God can be possessed. I don't think those two can live together. But I believe that there are many Christians who are filled with the Spirit of God who are spiritually oppressed. 
attacked and don't understand how the weapons of their warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't understand the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, good joined with truth. Those are defensive weapons against the onslaught of spiritual oppression. Then when you open the door, then it can become possession. But oppression can be just as dangerous. Controls everything you think and do and react. Joseph, come on in. What's that old saying? Idle hands make a quiet mind. Mm-hmm. There's something to it, right? Remember this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, wait a minute. I think my thoughts come from my brain. Don't they? But doesn't the heart represent the soul of a man? The mind, the will, and the emotions. The Bible says, take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it in obedience. I had a situation yesterday. Um, A car wouldn't work. Michelle's car wouldn't work. Couldn't get it to turn over. And uh, I had this mechanic that I'd always, uh, always taken our car to. And we hadn't taken it to him. I don't know when the last time I took the car to him. I don't know. Four years, maybe. He was our mechanic. And just all of a sudden, we found another guy, and he did it. I don't know, did it faster or whatever, because a good mechanic usually have to wait. And so the car wasn't working, and I'm going to have to have it towed. And I'm thinking, do I have it towed to him? What's he going to think when this car pulls in there? And I haven't I haven't uh, been here in five years. And all of a sudden, tow my car in. What's he going to say? <laughs> I ain't got time to fix it. You know, all these thoughts going through my head, right? I thought, well, I can have it towed to this other guy, and I call this other guy. I can have it towed to him, and and uh, and so finally, I got in my car and I drove to the guy that I'd gone to for four years. And I thought, well, I'm, all we can do is eat me. <laughs> so I went in there and sat down, and I had the most wonderful conversation with him. And all that stress and all that worry, he was so happy to see me. Isn't that unbelievable? Isn't that how the enemy plays games with you? Now, here's the good news. My battery was just dead. So I jumped the battery, got the car going, but now I know I can go back to him. He's not mad. He's probably glad I haven't been coming because he's so busy. (laughs) He eats his lunch as he's working. He's so busy, right? So, again, this mind game, and I'm trying to – I'm running out of time here. That's what the programming that we're seeing all around us is all about. It's spiritual oppression. Why would we want our children to be like Taylor Swift? Why would anybody want them to be like that? Yet they keep giving us Taylor Swift over and over and Usher and over and Beyonce over and over. Why? Because they have been programmed to program. That's what's going on. And we're all swallowing it. Judah's in here now. Judah, Dad, going. I'm going to get you in here tomorrow, Judah, because I was talking about Amway and the programming that's going on there as well. Folks, it is everywhere. It's everywhere. So I just want to encourage all of you today. It's time for all of us to take a good inventory and ask ourselves, really, if we could just do this, just ask yourselves, why did, why did I respond that way, Lord? Why did I react that way when coach said that? Why do I assume when coach doesn't call me that I'm not one of his favorites? Just use it as an example. Right? Why, why, why would I think that? It's because all the programming that we're getting everywhere we look, lies, deception, and fear. So we're going to come against that spirit Sunday, halftime of the Super Bowl. We're going to pray against all that programming that we know is going to be going on, all that blood sacrifice, all that stuff that we know really, really, really is happening. And we have the authority to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it in obedience, bring it in captivity to the obedience of Christ. Wouldn't that make our lives better if we only thought happy thoughts? Whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are holy, Whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, think on these things. See, the formula for victory is right there in the scripture, isn't it? 
have happy thoughts. Don't let the old man in. See you tomorrow.